Welcome to the Technology in Higher Education podcast for the week of March 22nd, 2010. Coming to you from the CU Online Studios at the University of Colorado Denver. I'm Brian Yonke at the special correspondent desk today. That's because we had to make room for our guests. <laughs> They're laughing over there. They, I, uh, <laughs> they stay so far away from us. We had to make room for uh, Patrick Lowenthal, who's with us today. And as always, Anna Ty's here. Hey, guys. Um, again, us stretching the limits of the new studio with the correspondent desk. I feel like I need like some crazy <laughs> infographics behind <laughs> me or something like that. Um, but it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have all the live news updates as you guys are. <laughs> Anyways, no, we're here today. Um, it's Monday, March 22nd, 2010. And um, I going to talk about a really interesting subject, something that we deal with here on a regular basis, uh, um, and all higher ed institutions are, are deal with this. Um, it's not so much an issue as it is, is just it's a reality that's out there. And in fact, um, the idea to do the show today on learning management systems was actually sparked by an email I got from uh, uh, someone in, in faculty, a uh, faculty I guess, um, just asking about different learning management systems and want to know more about them and as I was typing out an answer to this person I was like you know we've, we should probably talk a little bit more about this in a podcast you know mm -hmm. just kind of break down the different learning management systems that are, that are out there what what they are actually wh how they work and various things like that so I thought it would be good to grab uh, well a on top of Anna being one of our experts Patrick's our other expert here in in the learning management systems. The two of them combined support Blackboard and eCollege. What are you saying? <laughs> I said experts kind of scary. Well, more than I am. I mean, I know, I'm aware of them and I use them, but you guys are under the hoods of these things and, and, and helping, helping, um, helping our faculty and staff on campus and, and, you know, abroad with these kind of issues. So, so that's why I'm at the correspondent desk because I'm kind of here just kind of getting you guys introduced and you guys are going to talk about all these different systems and we're going to kind of break them down and what are the pluses and minuses of both? Uh, mm -hmm. of, of both. There's more than just two. What are the pluses and minuses of these different systems? What's good about them? What they do? How are they different? And the future of all these systems. So with that said, I'm going to let Anna take it away. Okay. And Thanks, Brian. Um, uh, no problem. I guess you've all probably just heard about it as being titled or being called learning management systems, but a lot of, um, there's been, you know, another name for it that a lot of people tend to use and one of this is called the course management system. So you would basically hear about uh, whether it be an LMS or a CMS. For us, I think they both have, have the same meaning. So depending on what institution or what kind of um, system that you're using, you'll probably just refer it as a uh, LMS or a CMS, but basically they're the same um, application. Now, 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 since there are two terms, are, is one more popular than the other? Is one taking, is one becoming more popular or are they still kind of, can you use which one or which one, one or the other? And the reason sure. I ask that is because right. I, w I, I used to get confused with the term content management system, which was also CMS, which is very similar but different. Right. I think actually course management system was more the original term, but I think that as institutions and businesses and other things don't think in terms of courses, I think learning management system has caught on. Mm -hmm. But during that same time, th while it's become popular, content management systems are more popular now than they ever have been because I think that you know a lot of places want to make it a lot easier for people to put stuff on the web. I think that you've kind of seen a shift where, mm -hmm. in my opinion at least, learning management system is a lot more kind of entrenched popular, but I think that, you know, we, I, I'll refer to it in the same sentence mm -hmm. as the same thing. So, I mean, for yeah. me, an LMS and a CMS are pretty much the same. Exactly. I mean, definitely my understanding with the learning management system, LMS, it's the terminology is probably heavily used within the educational kind of sector because it does pertain to learning, whereas with the content, um, it's probably more outside of you know, inst uh, you know, organizations that are wanting to you know publish their content. But I mean, with that too, else. even there is a movement, kind of the edupunk movement, that yeah. wants to say, let's not wait. Whoa, time up, edupunk, <laughs> edupunk movement, and so the movement. Um, 
I didn't make, I didn't coin the term. Okay, That's, I, Google it and you'll see it. Um, but it's this idea of how do you get out from being under the control of an LMS or a course management system? And they've used things like WordPress as essentially a content management system to host classes and, and course materials. And so, so even you know, we want to say, oh, well, an LMS and a CMS mm -hmm. are the same things. I think even if you think of a content management system. People are debating on whether they can use these free content management systems sure. and not have to get stuck within this, you know, licensed um, mm -hmm. world of your typical LMS. Right. Well, I guess there are so <laughs> many out there. I mean, regardless whether we call it LMS or CMS, um, there's definitely a few that's floating out there. And uh, we're probably just going to be talking about some of the, the main players in, in this whole... Um, and, and this would be, we're going to focus on the LMS, right? For the most part. Yes. The learning man. Well, what, what exactly is that? Well, I, I guess, you know, when I did like a, a, a search on online about just what it actually means, Wikipedia, and it states here, they've got it as a learning content, sorry, a learning course management system is a multi-user environment where developers may create, store, reuse, manage, and deliver digital learning content from a central object repository. So that's kind <laughs> of like mouthful. a mouthful there. <laughs> but I mean, basically, it, it's a site where users can upload content, they can share content, there's various tools that you can utilize so you can create like um, asynchronous and synchronous chats, uh, discussion forums, real-time chats. And also now with the ability to manage your, your gradebook online, um, you can do a lot of online testing, etc. So instead of utilizing multiple forms of all these tools, there's the one system now, it's you know a, a one-stop shop where faculty, students uh, go log into the central place and retrieve content and basically collaborate with each other. So basically the technology that would power an online course. In ways, yes. but I would say even what an LMS is, the boundaries have grown. Because I think that nowadays what happens is, you know, Blackboard's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. People want a portfolio solution, they want an assessment tracking solution, they want a place exactly. for communities, that is, things that aren't related or come by a semester schedule so maybe for student organizations mm -hmm. they want so I mean I think that what an LMS is and what it was five years ago for better or for worse is changing rapidly because like you said people or at least blackboard thinks that most people want a one-stop shop they don't mm -hmm. want all these multiple systems right and so it's growing and so while I think in, in the real strict sense an LMS is just a place to kind of hold an online course and you have your discussions your content your gradebook it's grown to be much more. Mm -hmm. And obviously, as Patrick mentioned, is that you know one of the, the main players is Blackboard. Um, we, at the University of Colorado Denver, that's one of the actual um, applications that we use. Um, and the other one being eCollege, which is um, the, the company through Pearson, which we'll talk a little bit uh, about later on. But with, with Blackboard, I think, they basically, within the last couple of years, have consumed a lot of these kind of like smaller um, LMS or CMS organizations, in particular uh, WebCT, you probably heard of, and, and Angel. So being, you know, Blackboard being the, the main um, player here, um, they've released their latest version, version 9. Um, so it, it's, it's supposed to be a lot user-friendly from version 8, and right now we're on version 8, so there's you know various tools, functionalities that it's supposed to make um, a lot easier for users, in particular faculty that are trying to um, store or um, retrieve documentations and upload content for the students, and also for grading purposes, it's it's supposed to be like a streamlined um, grade book. So. Um, and yeah. you're you're a Blackboard expert here, right? Well. <laughs> Don't be shy, don't Patrick be shy. Patrick well. Patrick knows really more <laughs> of, of the grade book, I would say. Um, I would say, yeah, it, definitely in version 8. We've yeah. had a lot of... Um, if, I, if I was teaching a science class here at the university and I was using Blackboard and it, something broke, I couldn't get a link posted, who, who would I be directed to to help me? Would probably be one of us. Which one? Whoever's available, right? Who would get the ticket? 
the ticket. Depending on which campus. Nursing. And it depends too because I'm located <laughs> right outside the help desk. There's certain <laughs> there's certain um, people around the help desk who are a lot. They just go to the open door they see. Yeah. Right. So so I think that. But I think in the past, I think she's yeah. definitely our resident expert. So I think that's what I, you're I getting at. I probably get more uh, tickets probably from the other campus, the Anxious Medical Campus, yeah. just as that I'm physically there. So if I needed to stop by and meet with an instructor, like like with Patrick saying, you know, the open policy that they can come up to my office or I can go to this so. well, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna open it up to the community here if you have a question about blackboard contact us here at tech heads and we'll get it to one of these two for <laughs> exactly and last year I actually had the privilege to go to a, a blackboard conference um, which was out in Washington DC so it was uh, their, their their way of promoting their new uh, blackboard learn version 9 um, I think this summer, I think they're going to be trying to push 9.1, which is will be their latest um, version. So, what I heard from version nine, I think there was still a lot of bugs that they needed to iron out. So, with 9.1, hopefully that's going to take out, um, take care of a lot of the issues. So, and it's, it's you know we've, I mean Patrick and myself have kind of played around with it. The look and feel is completely different from version eight. Would you agree? It, oh yeah. It's, it's basically what. Uh, the concept of like a web um, 2.0, 3.0, where it's a lot of dragging and dropping, moving around, whereas with the current version, there's multiple kind of layers to moving or uploading content, whereas with version 9, everything's kind of like on the top level. So, 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 so basically, this new version of Blackboard, um, and from what you're saying also, is Blackboard is the big player in the learning management system game. It's probably majority of the universities are using Blackboard. Um, probably most of them on an older version, not so much nine. Do well, you see? Do you see um, these new changes to this version nine that's coming out to be an improvement, or is it a, is it a is it a horizontal change, a parallel change? Um, do you think it's going to help help you know faculty and students? Well, my understanding with the new version is that um, before Blackboard, the, the nearest competitor was WebCT. So now that um, Blackboard has bought out WebCT and also Angel, which is another um, LMS, I think with version 9, they have chosen the, um, the main um, tools out of these systems and utilize it in version 9. So they've picked the best tools and functionalities out of these previous kind of um, systems and integrate it into their version 9. I mean, it's there's definitely, you, you see that Blackboard, it's trying as it um, acquires all of these um, companies, it's trying to take what they do well yeah. and integrate it in their next version. But, you know, a lot of people will say, if you liked WebCT, right. you're not going to be happy with Blackboard 9 it, because it's not WebCT. Right. Um, the same thing, they bought an Angel. They just did this this last year, so we haven't seen how acquiring Angel is going to change and what that's going to mean. Angel has um, a big learning object repository, which we don't see in Blackboard, so that might be something we'd see come out. They also had a, a good portfolio solution. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a little early to say, but I think that ultimately if you're happy with one of these other tools, you're not going to really like this new merged version, if you will. Mm -hmm. But but f you know, from our point of view, it's 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 for better or for worse. It's nice mm -hmm. to see Blackboard upgrading and changing their features. Um, you know, but with that comes a cost because mm -hmm. e college is the other one that we support here, and, and they update their product on a lot slower. I mean, it's like every five years. Mm -hmm. um, five years? Actually, I think before .dot next it was two thousand one. Wow. So I mean, yeah. to be fair, I think it's. I think I was being um, very conservative with that guess. <laughs> I still thought that was. Yeah, yeah no, and so, but but with that, you get you get a while. It's not as, let's say, cutting edge or or featureized. You know, that's not really a word, but you know, I work with here. But it's a lot more stable, mm -hmm. and so you, you have a trade-off. You know, and so what people when we surveyed Blackboard nine users or admins, they said they they're really happy with this new version because it gives you all these new things, mm -hmm. but that it's still not stable enough. It's still buggy. Right. You know, and and that was something I wanted to say earlier is I think when people think about these, 
is they think about you know Microsoft Word or they think about some kind of application on a computer that basically just runs. Mm -hmm. Learning management system and, and when you brought up well who supports what? I mean we have a host of people here who need to support each of these and it's mm -hmm. because things just don't always work and that's true with any learning LMS I've ever used. Mm -hmm. And I think with, with a lot of these um, tools I think they are making a lot of like third party like in, in Blackboard um, terminology building blocks so it's like third party integrating their tools into the actual main platform so you've got the the wiki tool, the blog tool, or podcasting tool, etc. So I think with with some of these kind of like plays that are coming into the picture, it does make um, you know bugs and issues in the back end things a little bit more complicated. I mean, it's even like if you have a browser and you put a lot of add-ons in Firefox, mm -hmm. you notice how it yeah. slows down. That's what happens. I mean, you can, but that's what's great about Blackboard because it is such a big player. Mm -hmm. You have all these abilities these abilities to develop your own building blocks or use others. Mm -hmm. Whereas eCollege or some of these that have a smaller market share, they don't have all these options. And mm -hmm. so um, so there are benefits I think with going sure. with the you know, with the big beast of Blackboard because mm -hmm. you can, you know, from lecture capturing, I mean there's all these things that you can kind of integrate into, you know, through a building block. Mm -hmm. Well let's let's talk a little bit about some of these other ones out there. Mm -hmm. um, eCollege I know is the other one that we use here mm -hmm. on on this campus. Uh, tell us a little bit about eCollege. I mean, eCollege, I think the history, I think we were actually the first customer um, or client, I guess, of eCollege. And so eCollege is based in Denver, but um, a couple of years ago, eCollege was bought by Pearson. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, kind of seeing where Pearson's going to take it, we're not sure, you know. Um, Pearson being the big publisher. Correct? Exactly, exactly. And so... Um, and so I think that with that comes a lot of resources and things that, you know, and, and with the .next version that just came out this last year, or that we implemented this last year, and we were one of the first, is they, um, they really were focusing on a global solution that had multiple language support. So you, you kind of see where Pearson's going with this, but, um, but, you know, do they really want to take on Blackboard? Hard to say, you know, but we definitely, we see features, um, you know, but eCollege's strength is that it's, it's a lighter, smaller solution that um, that they host, but with that, it, it's probably a more stable. Well, I, um, think, I think th I think that's the big key difference right there is the fact that the the system is not hosted on this campus. Yep, it's, right. it's hosted by the company itself. Yep, which puts um, to me makes makes the point that it's taking the kind of the tech to back end tech support outside something we don't have to worry about essentially definitely definitely and, and with that is when they have an update they don't they just update their server and it's updated we did you know and I'm sure someone in our organization gets updates when these things happen mm -hmm. but you can go in and the next day something's right. fixed or changed mm -hmm. whereas blackboard we have to actually seek out the updates update exactly. them ourselves schedule downtime and so you know the hosted verse um, exactly. self-hosted that's definitely a big and I a guess, yeah, I mean, the chance or the margin of error is pretty high uh, in terms of us having to host some of these stuff. But I, I guess I wanted to play the devil's advocate with eCollege is that with them being hosting all our um, courses and content, um, a lot of times when we want to have a, a user added or have a, a course shell created, we have to what, submit a, a request into eCollege and get that done? It, de it depends. I mean, we, we definitely have... Um Kate's our person who really handles some of that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's definitely, we have, I would take it a different way and I'd say we have less control. Yeah. And so on the user management side, we have a little more control, but it is something that we don't have the same amount of control yeah. from the back end, from different things. And, and even from the technical support side, you know, here when people have technical questions, Anna, me, Steve, one of us should be able to find the answer. Every now and then we have to go up to Blackboard, mm -hmm. but with eCollege, you're kind of at the mercy of them. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think one way you can explain this, or at least one way, the analogy that's kind of showing up in my head is um, an application we talk a lot about here is Google Docs. And Google Docs allows you to sign on from anywhere yep. and essentially um, work on your website. Um, or I'm sorry, not your website, but you can do like a word type document, you know, um, do what's word processing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, many people also use Microsoft Word. The difference is Microsoft Word, you, you essentially buy the disk, you put it on your computer and you install it. Yeah. And then when a new version comes out, you have to get the new version and uh, obtain the disk, put that in your computer and install it. 
Um, with with the Google Docs, if there's a new version, the next time you log in, it just shows up. Yep. And that, and that's because it's being hosted, whereas you're installing it. And I think it's kind of the same here. Whereas Blackboard, we're essentially getting the Blackboard disk. Obviously, there's a little bit more to that. Definitely. And our our server administrators are are loading them up and updating the server and pushing out a new version of Blackboard. Whereas with eCollege, they just change it. So for our server administrators here, it's a little bit different. I think from a faculty standpoint, they still see a similar thing and they don't notice the changes so much. I would agree. I mean, I think the one difference that I would make is that with your Word version at home, you can set up automatic updates. There's no such thing as automatic updates with Blackboard. You have to actually find the problem and seek out the answer. Yeah. So it gets a little more complicated, but I think that's a good comparison. But with that too, I think that what's hard is you know, with Blackboard, we have multiple people. We have salaries to pay that mm -hmm. pay in that you have to pay, as well as a licensing fee. Where you college, you pay for it in another way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Ann and I, we, we don't do the licensing contracts. We're not involved in all that. But I think thank it, goodness. But I think it's one of those things that it's hard to really say which is better from a user point of view, a cost. Right. I mean, because I think both of us, there's times we, you know, really like both systems. Mm -hmm. And there's times where, I'll speak for myself, I curse at both systems yes. for different reasons. Well, um, I guess, should we just talk about the, the other systems? That's yeah, I'd like to talk a little well? bit, but real quick um, about eCollege. Okay. What, what, are there any strengths to eCollege other than some of the ones we most mentioned as far as like functionality that we uh, I might see as a teacher or instructor or a student? guys look dumbfounded. No, it's, it's uh, thinking through it. I actually like, um, I like their discussion better, their discussion forums and, and how that works. I like that better than um, Blackboard. Um, but with that is I like the WebCTs better than, so I mean, but when I compare the two, um, the number one thing is it's simple. Yeah. It's simple for faculty to use. E-college. And, e and so faculty can get in e-college and kind of get because it's not as layered as Blackboard. Exactly. They can get in and do most things. And so I don't think we get the same amount of support calls that we do with eCollege or Blackboard. So mm -hmm. from a faculty point of view, I think it's got a lower learning curve. They can get in the going. I think it's also, it's more stable. Um, I, I think that there's some benefits with it being local and that we feel like because they aren't such a beast, if we have a problem, if we talk, they listen. Mm -hmm. Where Blackboard sometimes it feels like we're, we're just, just one of millions exactly. of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think um, having not really used uh, you know, eCollege on a regular basis, I think you know, just, just working with faculty in the various schools that are uh, on the Blackboard platform, I think a lot of them rarely utilize a lot of the, the tools and functionalities in Blackboard. So in that instance, sometimes it would be just a lot easier. We were on the one, one platform, very simple. You know, for example, eCollege, it, it offers basically all the, the required needs of uploading content, being able to collaborate with your students, um, whether it be in the, the um, chat room or the discussion forum, um, uploading assignment, I think it really serves or meets all those needs of a, a system where you can utilize that. Whereas with, with Blackboard, I think it's, it's a little bit more powerful. Um, I, I can imagine that it's probably been around um, maybe a lot longer than eCollege. I'm not too sure about when exactly they were both created. But definitely I would say with Blackboard, it, it has a lot of the has more tools compared to, to e-college. But I mean, if you're looking for the simplicity um, direction, I think a lot of the time that just, you know, works a lot better. I mean, there's things that, you know, e-college just, you don't have the ability to trick it out the way Blackboard. You can't, you know, let's say, respond to lockdown browser. Yeah. You can't, I mean, there's just, there's these add-ons that you just can't do. Mm -hmm. And so you're limited. There's little things like in the grade book in e-college, you can't hide a column from a student. No. In Blackboard, you can. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many yeah. little things that, um, but for most faculty, doesn't matter. The yeah. simpler route is usually the yeah. better. Power users, I think, find themselves being disappointed sometimes with mm -hmm. what eCollege can do. I mean, I've um, I've had faculty come to me who've come from other institutions who used WebCT or use Angel, and they get on eCollege, and usually at our at our, it's based on the insta the college school or college here which they use for what. So, um, so uh, unfortunately, you know, some schools use it, e-college, for everything they do, like uh, the School of Education. 
others like nursing use only Blackboard, but some mix and match, yeah. and that's kind of there's a legacy behind that, and that's more of a um, you know an upper level executive um, decisions that have been right. made. But I mean, with that, we find sometimes people having a preference for one over the other, you know, and and so it, it really just depends on what you know what you're interested in, or I think really I think it has to do with what your prior experience has been. You know, if you've used one of these others, maybe you're going to be um, upset with eCollege. But if you've always used eCollege, you're probably pretty satisfied. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's not all. I mean, as far as what we sure. use here on this campus, that's for the most part all. But there's a lot of other learning management systems out there. Totally. What else we got? Well, we, we mentioned um, Angel um, mm -hmm. recently being bought up by Blackboard. Again, that's like another um, LMS. I think it was created I think around 2000 or so by um, two kind of founding institutions Indiana University and Purdue so and so this was born out of the university so yeah, these two uh, universities it was based on like a project grant that they had money and they created this system I think maybe um, as a um, a competitor, I guess, to, to Blackboard at the time. I think you know Blackboard, WebCT were the main players. Um, so now you had other systems trying to break into that market. I think one of Angel's, I think, strength. I haven't really used, uh, utilized this application um, too too um, too much, but um, I think it's their e-portfolio too. That I think it's very popular that students, uh, particularly, that want to. Um, I guess store a lot of their content and, and take that away if they're you know seeking employment they can show you know their future um, employers that here's you know a portfolio of all the artifacts all of the uh, the content all of the assignments that I've created and and take that away with them so um, but I think you know with, with Blackboard version 9 I think they're picking um, selecting the, the main strengths of these um, systems and making that as a feature in, in Blackboard's version 9. One of the things with Angel, at least when I was a previous institution I worked at, we spent a year looking at, um, we were using WebCT, and we spent a year looking at another um, course management system. Mm -hmm. um, and see, I, I change up from <laughs> LMS to CMS, I'll do it. Right. The, um, we spent a year looking at some of the features we had people come out from, because I would say three years ago, Blackboard, WebCT, which at that time we knew was being bought by Blackboard, Angel, Desire to Learn, those were, and then Moodle were probably the five biggest ones, you know, and, and, and Moodle being an open source is different than all the rest in ways. Mm -hmm. um, and Angel was, uh, one of the things that we liked about it and why we chose at that institution was the pricing structure. Be, you basically get everything for the same price, whereas Blackboard has layers. You you have to pay a little more for this, a little more for that, mm -hmm. and so there's benefits to that if you don't have a lot of money. But if you you know it it becomes very complicated if you want the portfolio or no. if you want the community system. Mm -hmm. And is Angel is Angel something that's self-hosted or is it, is it hosted by I, the company? I believe they gave you either s choice, and Blackboard does the same thing, and so you could do it either way. Um, and and with that, you know, the pricing structure and the control was some of the benefits. I remember that um, was very attractive, and and it grew to be a, a big enough competitor that Blackboard ate it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and there's there's talks that oh they'll they'll let Angel still be its own thing, but you know, um, three they four years later, exactly well, yeah. three four years later, WebCT is pretty much gone in version nine. So. Um, mm -hmm. I guess it really just comes down to the developers, yep. what um, they actually go ahead and create and choose some of these functionalities. Um, and, and it seems like the popular thing was the fact that they had those e-portfolios tied to it. That was, that was one of it. I mean, early on, that was something that they gave you. Um, they just, they gave you, in, in a lot of ways, and I would say all of these things, they kind of leapfrog each other. They all do similar types of stuff, mm -hmm. and it's, it's not that different. I mean, e-college doesn't try to compete, but I would say Desire to Learn, Angel, um, and Blackboard at least, they all do the same types of things. And while one might have an update and have an e-portfolio, give it less than a year and the other is going to have the same thing. Um, it's just, it really depends on kind of the control you want, the um, pricing structure is definitely part of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Blackboard's so big that it can, it can control the market and the pricing in so many ways, mm -hmm. which kind of brings you to Moodle. 
because Moodle is an open source option that people always say, oh, well, it's free. Mm-hmm. Well, yes and no. I mean, we've, we've talked about just Blackboard ourselves, how many people it takes to support. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, it's free to get Moodle and put it on a server, but servers cost money, support people cost money. I mean, so it's even Moodle costs money. Mm-hmm. It's not free, but, um, and there's been debates on whether in the long run is it cheaper Right. But that's the ultimate control. Well, well, let's talk a little bit about this open source movement. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen open source with all kinds of things, whether it's blogging tools, browsers with Firefox. Um, there are two open source, there's probably more, but there's yep. two really popular open source learning management systems, mm-hmm. Moodle and Sakai. Let's yep. talk a little bit about those, and why don't we start with Moodle since we've already kind of brought that up. I mean, myself, I haven't used Sakai, um, but it's, I believe DU does. I mean, I've, other people I've heard who have been happy would have installations of it. Um, and that's the other thing that might, might, be, might need to be said is some institutions, actually, it's at the college or school level they decide what they have. Mm-hmm. So there's some, like when I was um, a couple of years ago at Northern Arizona, I was visiting there, and, and they actually, the School of Business had something. that, yeah. and, and so each of them had, so they could have 10 different things if they wanted to. Sure. You know, and, and that's actually something with Blackboard 9 that it's trying to do, is rather saying it's either or, with Blackboard 9, they're making Moodle integration and Sakai integration. Mm-hmm. So if you already have an installation of these, and, and let's say w- this one school really likes it, you can bring it in and, and integrate it more, you know. So that's their way of saying, let's not try to fight. Let's right. you know, can't we all just get along? Exactly. But but Moodle Moodle's um you know, on my own um, web server, I, I you know three clicks I put a Moodle installation up and I've used it. Um, to me, it's 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 not as simple as eCollege or Blackboard, but you have ultimate control and like any open source movement. You have a community of people out there who are developing things for it and constantly. And, and I think that's an important thing to bring up, the fact is one thing that differentiates Sakai and Moodle from the rest is that they're open source. And what open source means is that there's no one organization or company that's essentially building this thing. It's a community of people from essentially all over the world that are um, applying code, applying technology, applying um, the brains behind the functionality of the, of the system. There is, and, and, and I'm sure Sakai's the same way, but I know with Moodle, there's companies that you can pay. They'll host a Moodle um, for you. There's support that you can get, and there's consultants who will come in and help you kind of get it up and going. So it's um, so you've seen Moodle over the last few years definitely gain market share um, because, and, and in business and industry, it's one of the more preferred ones um, because it is you know cheaper in ways, especially if you already have the servers and the people, the technical support anyways. Um, now, I may be wrong in this. I'm going to ask Anna real quick. For some reason, I remember Moodle beginning in your home country of Australia. Is that true? Or did it just have a, a movement down there? I think, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I, when I was uh, working at a university back in Australia, um, about three I'll dig it up. I yeah, think. I'm going to say, let's see who can find it first. Ago, it was floating out there as a alternative to, I think at the recent time or at that time the university was using WebCT Vista and so there were talks of Moodle you know floating around at different institutions yep Australia yep Perth, 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 Perth WebCT admin oh Perth Western Australia interesting thing is actually Moodle stands for something modular object oriented dynamic learning environment now I know why they call it Moodle <laughs> there you go you learn something new each day but I think that, you know, one of the things about Moodle, especially if a faculty, you know, really wanted to, um, and I'm not necessarily suggesting for faculty at our institution to buck the system, but if at another institution they wanted to, I, you know, my web server, I, I pay, you know, $4 a month for a year, and, and I can, you know, with a couple clicks of a mouse in less than five minutes, I can have a Moodle installation up and going. And so um, you want to talk about ultimate control. You know, if you're kind of one who likes to, you know, have complete control and you don't mind, you know, looking under the hood, if you will, Mm -hmm. then it's, you know, definitely encourage people to look into it. Exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of these um, LMS and CMS that we've mentioned, I think you really need to um, pick one that's obviously, um, that best fits your school's model of operation. I think if you have the money, obviously, you're probably going to go with the more powerful system in terms of it being hosted. 
compared to hosted as non-hosted, I guess, or if you know you're kind of scrapping for for money, I think you know the smaller ones will probably work just as well. Or even some of these open source systems, I think it allows the the flexibility and the ability for you to be able to integrate it easily into other um, um, you know management systems that you have. I think. You know, it, it makes it a lot easier. Or it opens the door for you to be able to, um, I guess, incorporate some of these other tools and functionalities, and not be it so be restrictive. I guess. Okay, so Sakai. It's different than Moodle, but it's still open source, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. It is, and and I don't. Um, I've actually never used it. It doesn't have yeah. the same kind of following that Moodle has or mm -hmm. support, but it is a popular alternative, I believe. It actually is um, has a robust portfolio option with it, which I think it's gotten um, a lot of movement over that. Um, we had had, um, you know, I've gone through, played in the sandbox with it, you know, and it's, you know, like all these, if you've used these enough, they kind of all give you the same type of options. Um, and so I don't know if I would, um, you know, say much more other than, you know, Sakai and Moodle, why one would choose one over the other, I'm not. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think it's. You would just have to really see it, and um, there might even be on the back end. They might be based on a different scripting language. So depending on what mm -hmm. support you have, mm -hmm. you might lean toward one or the other. But um, but people, you know, a lot of people like both of them. I, I remember hearing about it early on, and really, the, all I got out of it was the fact that I remember hearing that it was open source and it was developed by some some bigger universities here in this yeah, country. Yeah, I remember when I did like a study tool a couple of years ago and I went to MIT, Stanford, etc. And I was talking to some people at MIT and they told me about Sakai which was an, an alternative to these uh, management system. And I guess it was a five kind of institutions I think, MIT, Stanford, Indiana University, University of Michigan, actually that's four. So it came, it evolved out of a project and I think based on my understanding um, it was a lot of you know, these universities were frustrated with just being so restricted to the one management tool. So they went out, um, worked on this project, and, and created Sakai, and and um, I guess offered it as an open source system where other developers could come in and, and create their you know their specialty or whatever tools that they felt would um, benefit the users. And so um, I guess that's how they evolved. But I mean, if you look at their website, I mean, they just, it's, I've always early on thought of a Morris portfolio, but it's like they talk about them, they say we refer to ourselves as a collaboration and learning environment because we embrace use beyond the classroom, you know, so it's, um, but they have portfolio tools, collaboration tools, course tools, and so it's, um, you know, similar to the others. You know, the one other thing that we haven't really, and, and reading this made me think of it, because they talk about you could call it a virtual learning environment. Is um, some people are using Second Life and other things as course management system mm -hmm. too, and mm -hmm. so um, I was uh, um, Appalachian State University has their own um, installation where they are using um, a virtual world for all of their stuff, and so um, so I think that we've you know while we focus on one side, you, you definitely see you know, but when you think about using Second Life. It's not like it's got a nice handy grade center. I mean, I'm sure you can build add-ons to all of this, and people probably have. I'm not up to date on all that, but it's um, but that's a whole other route people are going to. And 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 that's interesting you bring that up because we had talked us about that a little bit earlier about people using content management systems and other parts of the web to kind of create their own mm -hmm. virtual learning management system based on tools that that are available out there that they want to use. So, you know, maybe I use Google Docs for sharing documents. Mm -hmm. Maybe I build in my own communication system using, um, like, Google Discussions. And then maybe I do um, use Wikimedia or one of those to do some collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, that's a whole different, that's like the mashup, if mm -hmm. you will. Definitely. Yeah. I saw a guy present at AACT in um, October, and he was doing just that. He was mm -hmm. using... Um, he was at Northern Arizona where they had multiple systems and they were being pressured on, you know, which one, and his reaction was, I'm not gonna use any of these, you know? Right. And so he used iGoogle. So every student had to get um, iGoogle as their splash page and they would bring in these widgets from, mm -hmm. they used Twitter for discussion, 
They use Google Docs. They use MediaWiki for some. And he had a whole list of all these things that he was doing. And, um, and it was kind of fascinating seeing how it was all being pulled together on this dashboard on iGoogle. Um, you know, there's um, – I'm trying to remember what he was using for his grade book because that was the one sticking point. And, and because at his institution, I believe they were all required to use – Blackboard, I'm thinking now for the grade book, but that that brings up a whole other issue is, you know, what really is required, you know, whether for accreditation reasons right. or other things. I mean, what do we have to keep locked in private, you know? And a lot of people are saying, well, really, the grade book and the Rost are really the only two things, but... But yeah, no, that, that ultimate mashup, I've seen some of it, and mm -hmm. it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, you know, basically, based on um, conferences that I've been to, I've seen a lot of presentations yeah. where a lot of these um, professors have actually utilized that option to, to bring in these multiple tools and integrating it as the one system because, you know, out of frustration they were so restrictive in some of these other uh, management systems, they went, they went out and just created their own. So I think it's, it's definitely a creative way of, of managing your, your course and the content. Um, if it, you know, clearly an example that it actually does work. So. Well, and the thing is, a lot of these tools are free, mm -hmm. and what's fr frustrating is so many of us find ourselves anyways using these tools that we're trying to pull exactly. in the learning management system. So, you know, why not get out of the learning management system and take more control, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and so there's definitely, it makes sense to some degree, but, you know, at the same time, some of these tools require having multiple accounts and, yeah. you know, so it has some other drawbacks, yeah, I think, sure. as that, well. That's certainly the first thing that popped my head is that then you have to require students to have their Google email addresses. Definitely. Their, their Ning addresses or yep. whatever else you give them. Um, we're, 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 we're slowly running out of time, folks, but um, there were a couple, there are, there are, there are more LMSs out there. And Definitely. there were a couple here on the list I want to know if, we, if you guys wanted to touch base on. I know we have Desire to Learn. Um, You've mentioned that more than once. I you must have experience I with that. I have a little. When when we did the um, show and tell with all of them, I believe they're Canadian-based. They came out. They had a big lawsuit, actually, um, over some patents with Blackboard. They eventually settled it. Um, I would say they're the only real big one still that um, is competing with Blackboard, but they're still not at that level of Blackboard big. But um, it's they had, you know, when we looked at um, their system, and, and my guess is if I looked at it now, there might be things I like better. But at that time, it made sense that we liked Angel better, I remember. Um, and I spent time in Desire to Learn. And it had a lot of the same features. I mean, I would mm -hmm. put Angel, Desire to Learn, and Blackboard on real similar pages of the, the types of things that they offer. You know, it just has to do with, do you, you know, do you like the support? Do you like some of the options of, you know, how they deploy updates, features, those types of things. But um but they're, you know, they're still, I think that especially with people getting frustrated with Blackboard, my bet is you're going to see more and more growth with Desire to Learn this mm -hmm. the next year or two. But There's um, one that I put down on this list, and I don't know if I really haven't any experience in it, and I was able to go into a shell at one point. I know it's a hosted option, and one thing that uh, turned me on to this, this um, application is that they're really giving open arms to some of this web 2.0 type content out there and that's a learning management system called Haiku. Um, are any of you familiar with this application? No, I haven't used it at all. Mm -hmm. I've done what you've done. I've yeah. looked in the sandbox, I've seen some, uh, you know, it, I would almost, to me I think about like, you know, Google and Google Sites, how easy when you want to, you know, integrate a YouTube video, you just say, click the YouTube video and you put the URL and it creates the embed code for you. Right. It had those types of features. It had yeah, the ability had, to... There's like a YouTube button so you can just pull YouTube totally. right in there. And, and so it definitely on the user-friendly side, it um, it definitely seemed to be simple, made sense. You know, I didn't dig enough into it. I also, one of the things too, when people, um, we haven't really talked about, and this really gets into the back end, is you have to be able to pull in student data. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to connect with this new information system. I mean, there's so many things you have to do with a, a learning management system that I think sometimes whether you're in BAN or whether you're in PeopleSoft, whether, whatever it is um, for your information system, I think can sometimes drive what, what tool people use. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know with Haiku because it is a newer one, but there are a lot of these you know, smaller ones out there. And I don't know, uh, you know, what kind of business model they're trying to do. Are they trying to just have their nice little, you know, uh, or is it something that they really are trying to show Blackboard and these bigger ones how to do it? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I guess to add on to what Patrick said, I think, you know, a lot of institutions you really need to consider in terms of, um, you know, the single login um, authentication oh, yeah. process. I think, you know, if you are pulling or utilizing some of these free um, applications and tools, you know, you definitely need to reconsider about um, how the students or faculty signing on into to access these content. I mean, if it's going to, you know, if they need to, um, you know, remember like five different logins, I think it's just going to be a nightmare in terms of managing um, the back end of all this. So, you know, another advantage is if it's hosted um, with some of these bigger players like Blackboard, I think you just have like the single sign-on. It, it integrates a lot easier with some of these SIS or PeopleSoft or any of the um, um, registra registration, how students, um, I guess, sign in and their profiles are created. So. But the thing that I love about Haiku, Moodle, all these smaller mm -hmm. ones, is they're pushing, you know, the bigger yeah. ones to kind of innovate and do things differently. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same way I love with the browser world. You know, Inner Explorer is having to step up its game because Chrome and, you know, Firefox are really kind of um, pushing it in that direction. I had a question from a student who I think he's taken the course in China, but what he wanted was the ability to see who was online at the same time in the course. Now, in Facebook era, we, th we think, oh, that's common. We've all mm -hmm. seen that. But first class was a learning management school of ed had here. Oh, that's right. Um, in like that. 2000, that could do that. Yeah. You'd be able to see who's online just like Facebook and chat with them. But for whatever reason, LMSs, I don't know of any that actually yeah. have that feature, which seems kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Because you would think, just like Facebook, you want to see, oh, my teacher's online. I mean, from a teacher point of view, you might not like it. But from a student point of view, there's, you know, it seems like from a communication point of view. Mm -hmm. And so it could be that some of these others, like I've not used Desire to Learn in two years or Angel. So maybe one of them, you know, and maybe someone out there can correct us, but it's like that's a feature that some of these don't have that you would expect. Well, you know, and, and then another thing to think about is obviously budget, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, those, these things cost money. Even the, even the ones that are, are free still need to be hosted somewhere, things like that. Um, cost is always an issue. And if, if you're in like a small program, maybe you just want to, if, if your, your program doesn't have money to support a learning management system, there's not a lot of options out there. Nope. I mean, I've seen a few. There's NFL Media. Um, are you familiar with I that one? I haven't seen that one. That's an, that's an interesting take. It's kind of like the Haiku model where they kind of look at these other social networks and then integrate learning into it. Um, but it's all free-based. Um, they always, I, I'm, trying, I'm on the site right now, but it says it's, um, easiest way to establish higher education courses on the web makes it eff effortless to manage courses online enables interaction outside of the classroom using social market networking platform which is kind of interesting to me again nothing I've really had any experience with but that's kind of an interesting angle too especially when um, funding or budgets are not, not an option Definitely, and I think in so many states they're finding shrinking budgets and so mm -hmm. you're sitting there thinking well where can I cut back Mm -hmm. I mean, installation of Blackboard, I th you know, I've heard numbers anywhere from two hundred to $700,000. You know, that's a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And so you really sit there and you think in these times, yeah, yeah you know, so what's another alternative? Well, you know, and another alternative might be, and I know this is one that's on our list, is um, SharePoint um, is talking about putting out a learning management system tied in with their content management system, which several universities might be using for their, for their web. Well, I, I guess I mentioned or, or put that down is because at our university, we do have um, SharePoint. Yes. So I think for us is that if they are creating this LMS, I think for us it will probably integrate a lot easier in terms of all the content and, and web-based applications that will be on just the one system with the one vendor. So everything will be, you know, within Microsoft's, um, you know, area I, I think I think you know as we run out of time here I'm going to basically summarize and say it's obvious that there are a lot of options out there mm -hmm. there's some big ones out there um, it really would you know listen to the show and you know get some ideas and take use that to go do your homework and figure out what might be best for you your institution institution your students and your learning environment though I want to ask Patrick and Anna one last question uh oh. <laughs> yeah. He's the singer. All right. <laughs> Which one would you want? Which one would you use? If you had to pick, if you had to pick one, you were you were starting your own college, your own university, starting from scratch, and you had to pick a, pick a um 
a learning management system to run the college, what would it be? And a quick sentence on why. You want to go first? Um, no, you go. Um, I would, you know, if you asked here, yeah. you know, I would answer it one way. But uh, um, if I was starting my own school or college, I'd go with Moodle. Uh -huh. But it's, um, I'm an open source guy, I believe in it philosophically, and so even if cost is about the same, to me that would be the way I'd go. Well, I think for me, um, having been so familiar with working with Blackboard, I think I would, that would probably be my main preference, because one, you know, with the support, two, it being like the main, um, basically, player in this whole management system, so there's, you know, there's so much already established. So for me, I would definitely choose that. But in terms of relatively ease of the, of the tool for our um, university, I would probably lean more over e-college for the simplicity route because it has all the I said one. No, 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 I know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you oh, the reason. Do, do you hear yeah. this? He's giving exactly. you a hard time here. <laughs> e-college, but you know, overall in terms of support and functionality, I think I would stick with Blackboard. And there you have it, folks. Learning management systems in a nutshell. <laughs> um, now I want to thank Patrick for joining us. I know he does every once in a while. We'll try to get him in more. Back. Get him in yes. here more no, now no, that I have I have a correspondent desk that I can <laughs> hide behind. This is scarier and now. He likes this is like, this is I, like know. I know. I sort of feel like I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> Next time you ask, I'm going to be like, I don't know, what did I wear? <laughs> <laughs> we need a green room now, too. So anyways, I want to thank, thank Patrick for joining us. And, of course, I want to thank Anna and everyone for helping us put this together. I um, want to encourage everyone to go to the website. That's techheads.com, T-E-C-H-H-E-D-S.com. You can go there and view all our episodes, all 70, what is this, a 71? Is this episode 71? 71, yeah. You can view all 71 episodes, listen to them. What are you um, going to do when you reach 100? It's going to have We're going to have a, a special, special, we are going to. We're planning it right now. An Anne is planning the whole thing. It, okay. it, it, it requires, I guess, I guess we're all going to like Hawaii or something, she was saying. We're going to have a special 100th show episode from Hawaii. <laughs> or Casa Bonita, that's another option. Oh, yeah. That might be more cost effective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but again, um, check out the site. You can go there. You can find our partners on there. Um, go to contacts. Give us submissions, um, ideas you want to see us talk about in the show. If you want to come on, join us to show, that would be great mm -hmm. too. And I also want to thank you for tuning in and listening to what we have to say. And, and we'd love to hear, um, to get your feedback yes. on what learning management system or course management system you're utilizing. Yeah, and tell us about that. some of the functionalities, what you like best and what you don't, etc. And then we're going to go make our own with all those features. <laughs> exactly. So thank you, everyone, and we'll see you next week. All right, see ya. See ya. <laughs>